0: I know. I was just coming to prepare before going to computer and then because I'm taking log on the way I log on on my computer. Okay. We took. Yeah. And What? Media.
1: African dialogue, looking at different events and discussing a
2: variety of issues. Yes. This is
3: a very significant a historical election. No, this, this crisis is
2: still damage, No, it's
0: finally sound bites. Absolutely, this the
1: economy is very hard. and that's an important yes. reason to get yes. more and more co- yes. cooperation. And uh, what we see here is yeah. a clear yeah. violation
4: of one, oh. the right Mario. to privacy of uh, Tiwongi and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments.
2: Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. Um. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Well, thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa. And the voice of the African Renaissance, I'm Benjamin Moshatama, and uh, you're joining us live here in our Auckland Park studios. You're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to southern Africa. Yes, we're broadcasting live from South Africa. And today on our program, we'll look at the progress made uh, in terms of looking at the new partnership for Africa's development, or more popularly known as NAPAD. We'll look at the progress made with that uh, African union initiative or program but before that let's get our news
0: and we take a look at your headlines this morning south africa's supreme court of appeal overturns oscar Pistorius's culpable homicide conviction to murder Residents of Burundi's capital, Bujumbura, calls on leaders to restore security in public places. And the implementation of the peace agreement in South Sudan makes a very slow and painful progress. <coughs> well, with your latest news, a very good morning. I am Onilin Tinti. South Africa's Blade Runner Oscar Pistorius' culpable homicide conviction has been overturned to murder in the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein in the Free State Province. Justice Eric Leach had just finished reading the judgment in the case between the state and Pistorius. He poked holes in high court judge Togozele Masipa's verdict and found that the trial incorrectly applied the principle of dolus eventualis, which deals with indirect intentions to kill. Leach also said Masipa didn't take into account relevant circumstantial evidence. Residents of Burundi's capital Bujumbura are calling on leaders to restore security in public places like nightclubs, which are becoming the main target of criminal attacks. The call follows a series of deadly attacks in several pubs in and around the capital, Bernard Bankokira reports from Bujumbura.
5: Since a couple of days Night attacks against public places like pubs continue to be reported here and there inside and outside the capital Bujumbura. Another pub was attacked on grenade Tuesday night, injuring three people. Night violence continues also in some parts of the capital Jumbura. Meanwhile, the government says the country is peaceful to a rate of 99%, calling these attacks minor incidents that cannot prevent the country to continue with its normal life.
0: The implementation of the peace agreement in South Sudan is making very slow and painful progress. That's the message delivered by United Nations Head of Peacekeeping Operations in a briefing to the Security Council in New York. Heve Latzu has noted minor progress on certain elements of the peace agreement signed over three months ago, but lamented several violations, most notably continued clashes between the warring, warring parties and significant civilian loss of life. That has only served to make a desperate humanitarian situation that much worse. Sherwin Price, Peace Reports from New York.
2: The doubters of this peace deal are likely feeling vindicated, and with clashes continuing, fears that any progress made to date will be lost. While parties have now agreed to outstanding security arrangements, including a withdrawal of Ugandan troops in support of President Salva Kiir from the country, the opposition failed to attend the first meeting of the Joint Monitoring and Evaluation Commission in late November, amidst continued instability. Latsus also warned parties against taking unilateral actions that would undermine reconciliation, including a decision by President Keir to establish 28 states in the country that appears to have the backing of the country's legislative assembly.
0: Lawyers representing the Sade Commission have told the Lesotho High Court that it does not have jurisdiction to hear a case in which Lieutenant Colonel De Hashati. wants the commission nullified. The commission investigated Lesotho's instability and the death of former Army Commander Maho. The court granted an interdict to Fuhashati not to appear before the commission when it summoned him a second time in October, but his full application for the findings of the commission to be thrown out out is now in session. Ntakwane ngatane reports. The court has ruled that while Hashatsi wanted to oppose the TRC joinder, the case has public interest and its outcome will impact on areas of the mandate of TRC being democracy, good governance and human rights. The SADA commission has presented its preliminary arguments. Its position is simple, that Lesotho has no jurisdiction to oversee civil processes against it or its officers. Lawyers for the Mahau family agree to an extent with this opinion. They say for that reason, Hashazi should not bring this case to a Lesotho court because it will not enforce any of its findings. And finally, a new initiative designed to shed light on the proliferation of hate speech in the media has been launched by the United Nations Alliance of Civilization. U.N. AOC kicked off the new efforts on Tuesday with symposium at the U.N. headquarters in New York. Their campaign is designed to bring greater attention to the prevalence of hate speech worldwide. Veronica Reeves reports.
2: The pervasiveness of the language around the world has become a growing concern for the UN, particularly as violent terrorist organizations such as ISIL use the media to spread their messages of hate and recruit new followers. The UN's High Representative for the Alliance of Civilizations, Nasir Abdulaziz al nasser said the recent refugee and migrant crisis gripping Europe has also spurred an uptick in the spread of hate speech. Wednesday's symposium was the first of several such meetings the UN will hold in locations around the world on the topic. A social media campaign using the hashtag SpreadNoHate has also been launched by the UN as part of the initiative.
0: Recapping on your top stories, South Africa's Supreme Court of Appeal overturns Oscar Pistorius' culpable homicide conviction to murder. Residents of Burundi's capital, Bujumbura, calls on leaders to restore security in public places. And the implementation of the peace agreement in South Sudan makes a very slow and painful progress. Channel Africa News.
2: You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, and uh, you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern Africa. And uh, I did mention today we're looking and focusing on NAPAD. Now, uh, on the line we are joined by Professor Peter Ewang, who is the Agriculture Extension Economist, who will be joining us for this NAPAD discussion, looking at NAPAD in itself, and on how it has advanced over the years. We also have uh, Komla Bisi, who's the cadap advisor rural infrastructure trade and in market access and if you don't know what cadap is all about it is the comprehensive africa agriculture development uh, program and it was endorsed by the african union heads of state summit as a new partnership for africa's development program which is what we're talking about (laughs) today and uh, this cadap was initiated in july 2003 and also joining us a little bit later i think she's chairing an event currently but i'm told that She's going to join us in ten minutes or so. We'll have Estherine Fotabong, who is the Director of Program Implementation and Coordination Directorate at NAPED, and I think that she can give us more insight a little bit later on the happenings in terms of NAPED. But uh, let me start with you, Comblin, in terms of looking at. Uh, this NAPID initiative by the African Union, I know that it has a role of accelerating economic cooperation and integration among African countries. But in the last uh, a few years, since 2001, since it has been initiated, have we seen any progress in this regard? I think uh,
1: the Meta program uh, since 2001 definitely uh, has realized a number of successes Ooh. by uh, the uh, people of life <laughs> of the nation of uh, African uh, and <laughs> <laughs> <global laughs> frameworks into <laughs> the <That implementation laughs> programs. Uh, More specifically, we can talk evidently about a program such as the Comprehensive Africa Agriculture Development Program, CARE, which through NEPA's effort uh, was endorsed by the African head of state in 2003 as a key instrument. For, for guiding Africa's agriculture transformation agenda, uh, making that agriculture form the backbone of many of the African uh, economies. I mean, I can go ahead to mention. Uh, other programs such as Pida, uh, that focuses more I- on infrastructure uh, development, the uh, Leopard so Education so Program. So uh, <laughs> there are a number of sacrifices <laughs> that uh, Leopard has realized I mean, over the I mean, years I mean, by I mean, translating yeah. African Union yeah. decisions into but clear I mean, and concrete so
2: implementation so programs and so Let me come to you, rather, uh, in terms of uh, those particular programs, Uh, Professor Peter Ewang. Have we seen these programs uh, really reach the people on the ground? Uh, as an ordinary African yeah. myself, uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure if I've yeah. actually seen uh, a NAPED program or initiative that, yeah. actually take off because I'm not quite sure which project is which. Is it a domestic project that is taking place or is a continental project that's taking place? Do we see these ideals that are highlighted in NAPED really transferring to the ordinary person on the ground, Professor Iwang?
1: Uh, thank, you, thank you very much, Ben, and comrades uh, th- uh, good morning, how are you? So, well. yeah. It's I, I must say, before we, we even go into those details uh, that you're asking for, we must acknowledge and uh, appreciate uh, the founding fathers of, of NEPAD, because for the first time after Africa's independence, we had African sets states, saying it's about time we take responsibilities for our own activities. So, to start to go there, the African heads of state acknowledging that Africa has to make decisions for itself is to get NEPAD. The organization is purely African, really African, and some of the programs that uh, uh, Common has just put in place are real. Now, your question is, was the common man seen that say, yes, in many, many countries, you, would, you, would, you would talk, to, talk about NEPAD, and you get it. If people know what NEPAD is up to doing. KADAC is fundamental. You realize that for the first time in many, many years, African agriculture has been brought into the forefront in many uh, Two About two weeks ago, uh, NEPAD, as the implementing organs of, uh, of the AU, had a fundamental and strategic conference where agriculture was brought in, not just other agriculture, but agriculture, focusing on women. So, you, uh, and, and if you were there, you would see that we're not talking about policy, policy women, women who do make agricultural policy. These are women who are on the ground doing practical work. So, I, I would say those activities are very, very clear and are very, very related the common people across, across the continent.
2: Why I ask that question is because uh, uh, looking at uh, the happenings last week at the United Nations headquarters, they were looking at this theme of uh, the Africa we want, support of the United Nations system to the African Union's agenda. And in in, in that, they were looking at uh, tracking NEPAD implementation to maximize results and impact. In terms of that monitoring process on these particular programs, Comla, do we have specific uh, tracking mechanisms to see how far we are in achieving the goals within NAPAD?
1: Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, each program of NAPAD has its own uh, uh, internal uh, system for tracking results and impact. Uh, more specifically, if we take agriculture, for example, in the framework of carbon, I am sure that the uh, we are all aware that uh, our government did not only make commitments, they made commitments with, with targets, for example, uh, uh, contributing 10% of national budget to, to agriculture, or allocating 10% of national budget to agriculture uh, per annum, and working to achieve at least, for example, uh, 6% of, 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 of sector growth rate within the agriculture sector. In the context of Cadet uh, Nepad, we in consultation with the African and Union and our, and our regional economic communities, put together what we call the regional strategic analysis and knowledge support system um, that tracks the implementation paper. of these okay. uh, of, of these programs. More specifically, these targets and annual reports. Yes, so yes, uh, evidently there are we, uh, systems on the ground that tracks the implementation and results and actions of, 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 of specific NEPA programs and for in the context no of space. agriculture it is evident I and mean, the results are there. Uh, even though that? we are aware uh, that not this government have really complied with the 10% ag- ag- allocation for example. I however, idea. I, I think recent the, um... uh, results indicate that mm-hmm. there has been tremendous shift in the way mm-hmm. some of these uh, uh our governments uh have been allocating resources okay. and we have seen increase uh in this so yes there are mechanisms on the ground to 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 to, to track uh african union commitments that are being implemented by an effort uh
2: tim- yes
1: yeah, sure. go ahead I come in there. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a NEPAD employee, but I, I want to concur with uh, with uh, Kamla that not only the internal structures for evaluating or seeing what programs are going on, NEPAD is engaged uh, as an as an implementing agency engaged with specific external external uh, uh, providers who who give who provide independent evaluation. Regarding the program that NEPAD has put in place, so it, it, NEPAD doesn't only look at themselves, and and I think that is a critical point that we have to realize that it has taken the thing outside offices, and it's come to African African specialists in areas of infrastructure, capacity building, agriculture, uh, so those pro- those programs that are very very critical to the continent. So mm-hmm. the, the external. The the, the bringing in of external uh, strategists or thinkers in the African continent to give input in whatever they do, I think it's it's a very, very uh, uh, recognizable, very, very appreciated process with the help of uh, the CEO and and those those, those people who are involved Mm. in it. Yeah, so but, I, I I I say the external, the bringing in of external ideas, people who don't are not involved yeah. in, within Nepal, gives you a stronger understanding and, and appreciation of what the organisation and its institutions and the, and the people are doing.
2: Yeah. Well, I want us to come to some examples, real tangible examples When after we take this particular break, because I really need to know as a a media person or as a a normal African, what are these tangibles that we've seen coming out from NAPED? Just some few examples, because when we do look around, it's very difficult to identify a NAPED uh, program or a NAPED initiative. But uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, Do you think that we know enough about NAPAD, we've heard our guests saying, hey, you know when you go to certain African countries, when you speak of NAPAD, people can say we know what napet is all about but do you know what napet is? Do you know what its vision is and how it's actually uh, been implemented on our continent? Let us know your thoughts by SMSing us on plus 27823 That's plus 27823325905. We always hear about these various programs and these various things and projects that are taking place on the continent. But do we really, really, really know what's actually happening in this front? On the line, I have Komla Bisi, who is a CADAPS advisor in rural infrastructure, trade and marketing, or market access rather, and he's representing the African Union. And also we have uh, Professor Peter Ewang, who is an agriculture extension economist? But uh, we'll also try to get hold of the director of program implementation and coordination directorate at NAPED, Estherine uh, Fotabong. We were trying to get hold of her earlier, but apparently she's chairing an important meeting. But we'll try our best to get sure that we get hold of her. She'd agreed to do this interview today and be available for us. So we'll see how that uh, uh, takes place during this hour. But we'll continue after this uh, uh, break
0: ebola beats remember ebola is not a death sentence get treatment sooner This message is brought to you by Channel Africa and supplied by World Health Organization. Follow the discussion on Twitter using the hashtag BeatEbolaNow.
2: You are listening to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. And yes, as you heard in that promo there, we are focusing on Ebola and some of our programs here on Channel Africa. And hey, we have been very much instrumental and made it our responsibility to make sure that uh, you get the right information when it comes to Ebola. Actually, next week here on African Dialogue, we'll also look at Ebola once again and look at another element of uh, this very, very, uh, very big story on the con- continent Right now, but right now or today rather, we're looking at uh, NAPAD. Uh, we're looking at it's the new partnership for Africa's development, and uh, it was aimed at uh, accelerating economic cooperation and integration among African countries. And we've heard some positive uh, stuff from our guests on the line. But hey, I want to know some real practical things that have happened. Uh, just not just the programs themselves, but projects that we've seen that have taken place on the continent, we'd like to highlight those. Kamla, can you give us some examples?
1: So uh, yes, I think first of all, we need to uh, uh, clarify that Leopard, as a as a partnership initiative, is not expected to be the actual implementing uh, agency on the ground at country level, but rather coordinating and uh, uh, facilitating uh, implementation of of programs where member states themselves take the lead in implementing some of these programs. For example, Mm. in the context, like I mentioned, the context of of CADEP, I think through the instrumentality of NEPAD, we have been able to support our member states. At the moment, uh, 43 out of the 54 countries have fully committed to credit, in the sense that forty of them have used the framework to review their national agricultural systems, uh, agree on priority investment areas, in uh, developed investment plans around these priorities, and are in full-fledged implementation uh, in, in the context of, of, of NEPAD. Mm. I last mentioned that 30 of these countries have fully developed their uh, business uh, plans or investment plans, and twenty-eight of those have been evidently analyzed and reviewed by external partners, including local partners, including other partners such as the regional uh, regional economic communities and the Nepalese in the African Union. And these programs are in full-fledged implementation. I think, more specifically, we are aware that implementing countries uh, such as Rwanda, through this instrumentality, have been able to increase their uh, agriculture productivity level uh, mm-hmm. within the last uh, four or five years, uh, uh, up to uh, figures that I think uh, currently uh, Rwanda is achieving about 15% annual growth rate within the agriculture sector, uh, which was not the case of, of, of the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go on from country to country, uh, such as Ethiopia, Ghana, that have evidently seen transformation within the sector uh, through the support of, of NEPAD. I must also mention that, uh, bearing in mind the partnership arrangement in the in the, in the NEPAD framework, uh, evidently okay. one must not expect to go to a country and see an irrigation dam uh, labeled uh donated by NEPAD.
5: Okay, No, okay.
1: The, the framework is rather facilitated putting the stakeholders together ensuring that the uh, the the use the framework developed by NEPAT to review their national system agree on priorities agree on implementation mechanisms uh, agree on resource allocations mm. and, and, and and then and then implement these programs jointly we still NEPAT facilitating capacity requirements and, and partnerships to support member states to, to implement these programs. Yeah. So if one goes to, 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 to Ethiopia and, 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 and expects to see a vehicle uh, written on it or a factor written on it donated by NEPAD, I, I, I don't think that is going to happen. Uh-huh. But one must appreciate the facilitated role that NEPAD takes in leading the formulation of, of these programs and, 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 and supporting their implementation. I, I think we need to, to distinct uh, between the, the two in terms of rules and what
2: exactly yeah, the situation yeah. is. It? Yeah, uh, definitely. So. And, I, and I think you bring a good point. But isn't that the problem, uh, Professor Peter Iwang, in terms of uh, making sure that we do hail those projects? You know, sometimes we say on the continent, where are the good stories, where are the positive stories? Uh, but we really aren't seeing those uh, uh, evidently in terms of uh, hey that's an NAPED project hey that's an NAPED project hey that's an NAPED project so that we can actually realise the importance of this initiative.
1: Uh, uh, ben, ben, thanks very much. Thank you. I I, I want to say what Comrade uh, explained is what I don't uh, in, in the continent people don't know. People see NEPAD as the, uh, the implementing agent, and think they are supposed to be on the ground to do the the network and the and whatever. But that's not that's not uh, that's not what NEPAD is supposed to do. NEPAD is an, a, a facilitating, coordinating body, of its technical coordinating body of the AU. So you, you, it, it will take some time for you to find to go to ethiopia like the example that uh Koma has given to say this is a nepat project NEPAD must have facilitated that project at the country level for it to come into operation rather than NEPAD getting people from the headquarters to go and do the, the deliveries at, on, on, at the grassroots. so it it would be it, it would be a long time long process to find out and then which one yeah, so, we should, the, 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 what, needs, what needs to be understood is that there are broad programs. Take, for instance, the, 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 the program on gender, climate change, and agriculture support program, which a NEPAD-directed program that is implemented at the country level. So, if you want to give credit or you want to look for anybody to say, I want to thank you will not only thank the countries; you will also thank NEPAD because NEPAD is the agency that facilitated these programs to be implemented into into in, in the respective countries. So, then to 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 hold NEPAD to say you have to show us what you are doing on the ground, it be it will be it will be difficult countries mm, are responsible mm. for, for, for implementing what they agree, what their, what, what their heads of state agree. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the example, the, the, the conversation given by, by 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 Kumla in terms of the 6%, mm. NEPAD cannot go to, as an agency, cannot go to to Cameroon or Nigeria and say, well, uh, we want you to do this. The, mm, the, the mm. countries would have to say, okay, this is the framework that our heads of state have agreed on. Okay, okay. and. This is what we should do. How do we go about doing it? There are lots of things that uh, NEPAD as an agency is doing, but you would not find their name on the signboard. Take, for instance, you go to to, to the province in South Africa, you say, okay, this project is donated by.
2: Mm, definitely. He be
1: able to find that.
2: Okay, I think I, I understand that particular point. But I, I have to introduce now Estherine Fotabong, who's just joining us. Uh, she's the Director of Program Implementation and Coordination Directorate at NAPAD. And Estherine, uh, you're joining us with uh, Kamla Bisi, who's also part of this uh, uh, conversation, who's from the African Union, the CADAP Advisor of the Rural Infrastructure Trade and Market Access. And just to let you know, Estherine, we also have Professor Peter Ewang, uh, who is an Agriculture Extension Economist and uh, thank you for joining us. Finally, Estherine,
4: thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.
2: Now we heard from the current president of the sixth, ninth session of the United Nations General Assembly, Sam Kutessa, who re- recently highlighted just last week at the UN headquarters looking at this Africa Week, the issue of how NAPET has uh, been very significant in the issue of infrastructure development in terms of fulfilling uh, NAPET goals. How important is this element of infrastructure on the continent currently?
4: Well, thank you, and thank you for that question. Um, well, I uh, I think the importance of infrastructure um, to the continent um, cannot be overemphasized. You know, um, it is important for various reasons. Um, one, to promote interregional trade, for instance, um, to encourage the free movement of Africans within the continent. And to support the achievement of the objectives of all the critical economic sectors of the continent, for instance, agriculture, um, trade, um, tourism, all of these sectors, to be optimally performant, uh, we have to have mm. an infrastructure in the continent that is up-to-date and that is functional. Mm. So infrastructure development in the continent is a critical critical um, goal if we want to see the transformation of of the continent.
2: Mm. Now, in terms of uh, looking at that, uh, I was just told that uh, you were busy today in terms of uh, chairing a meeting where you were looking at uh, NAPAD's budget in terms of moving forward. How are things going on that front? Is there support in terms of uh, that financial part of NAPAD?
4: Oh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm just chairing the meeting that we are looking at um, 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 the implementation of programs in the continent. And um, I will say that for the implementation of uh, network programs that uh, Billy defined as programs that encourage regional integration, um, there is high-level political commitment to do that. Um, So, for instance, if we take SCADAP, um, we know that one of the objectives of SCADAP was for member states to put um, 10% of the budget into agricultural activities in the member states. And we have seen uh, a positive trend um, towards this goal being fulfilled. That said, we still need to be able to mobilize significant domestic resources so that we have um, Africans funding the majority of the development programs. Um, right now we have a situation where we, we have a single, significant um, amount of the resources um, that goes into implementing their programs coming from member states, sorry, from development partners. Um, we, we want to continue to encourage and put in place Mechanism that will facilitate um, domestic resource mobilisation and the possibilities and the potential is, is there in the continent. Um, we were looking of how do we tap into the private sector, um, g- approach African business people um, to be able to support um, the programmes on the ground, um, encourage member states to put more resources into the implementation of activities on the ground, whether it's CADAP or infrastructure, we want to encourage members. So in that respect, we, we, we know that they have this money in pension funds and other mechanisms that we can use to, to increase domestic resources that goes into program implementation. So these are some of the issues that we are discussing today, and hopefully we'll come out with, 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 with some um, strategies that will help us mm-hmm. to engage mm-hmm. these various players so that they can... Um, invest more into the continent's development program.
2: Okay, Esther, I'm going to ask you a question in terms of that that you probably don't like and we, we, we earlier highlighted it, but I have to ask it as a, a news person because we have seen this NAPED Business Foundation taking center stage with a large like uh, corporate companies buying into this mission. How does this foundation fit into the goal of NAPED and how do we as media people relate with this NAPED Business Foundation in itself?
4: Uh, oh, right. well, thank you. Not that I don't like it. I just felt, I mean, they, they, they have people who can better speak on their mind. Mm-hmm. But I will say that um, the political leadership in, the, in Africa has since recognized the importance of building partnership with the private sector in order to move um, the continent's development agenda forward. Now, the NEPAD Business Foundation is a membership-based foundation and a not-profit uh, organization. And um, with their goal of to promote sustainable economic and social development on the continent. Um, however, you know, it is a non-profit comp- organization um, that mobilizes private sector support for the implementation of, of NEPAD. So it's not, it's, it's not like um, a branch of the NEPAD agency or the African Union, but it is, it's, it's an organization that has been put together by its members, um, to attract private sector support in the implementation of NEPAD programs, and this is truly appreciated because we have, we know, um, and it's now clearly recognised that we will not drive the development agenda of the continent by with just um, public sector resources. We need private sector financing to come into play, and so um, working with the NEPAD Business Foundation. Um, that is trying to um, mobilize private sector funding to support strategic um, sector areas in the continent is welcome. So they do work in mobilizing investors to see how they can engage in the agricultural sector, Mm. in the infrastructure sector, Mm. in tourism sector from really a private sector perspective, bringing business to invest in in these sectors. And so what they do um is well appreciated hmm. um, by the network agency uh, but they are not um. entity of the Nether
2: agency. Okay, thank you so much for for, for that clarification. So we also understand as uh, media, but uh, we're going to (coughs) take a little break and uh, uh, when we come back, uh, I want us to look at uh, uh, this year. I know that this year was underlined as uh, uh, the AU year of transforming uh, agriculture and food security. It's almost the end of the year. How did the theme help uh, uh, of CADAP in itself and also just implementing some of these agriculture programs we have on the continent. We have Estherine Fotabong, who's the Director of Program Implementation at NAPAD. Also, we have on the line, Komla Bisi, who's CADAP's advisor, Rural Infrastructure Trade and Market Access at the African Union, and an expert as well. We have Professor Peter Ewang, who's the Agriculture... It's uh, 38 minutes past 11 o'clock. We'll wrap it up with that agriculture theme. (coughs)
0: this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, celebrating 20 years of South African freedom and democracy. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
2: Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, as you could hear from the very famous African singer Lira there, endorsing what we do here on Channel Africa. But uh, let's look at the theme of uh, uh, the this year's uh, AU uh, mission in terms of the emphasis of uh, transforming of agriculture and food security. Uh, coming to you, Kamala, you part of CADAP in the African Union. How has this theme actually uh, propelled or moved forward the agriculture sector in the continent just uh, in uh, a minute and a half, if you can let us know, because we're we'll be running out of time.
5: Oh,
1: I, I think uh, this thing is a, a wake up call for uh, our government and partners as a whole. Uh, first of all, I think in the last 10 years, there is realization in the context of current implementation that through the instrumentality of the framework and the advocacy ab- around it, we have been able to put agriculture back Mm. as a priority sector on the discussion table uh, with with our governments in our member states. Mm. And uh, in the context of the thing, uh, I I must mention that uh, within the uh, recently ended twenty third Ordinary Session of the uh, African Union uh, that was held in Malabo, our governments again recommitted themselves. To seven key strategic yes, so areas of enhancing agriculture development yeah, within know, the, the, the continent. If yeah, I could go through those just, the the just briefly, yeah, one is a recommitment to the principles of that the framework is or relevant, its principles yeah. are still relevant. Sure, commitment to enhancing investment financing into the, into the sector. More specifically, okay. that the 10% profit percent percent allocation commitment is still relevant, but with a focus on private sector. Investment uh, into the sector they recommitted themselves to work towards housing poverty within uh, the continent uh, within the next 10 years by 2025 more specifically looking at inclusive approaches uh, where women and youth will be the focus of agriculture related strategies and investment Uh, the first uh, the fifth commitment that was uh, made was working towards broken intra african trade uh, that is also linked to the regional integration agenda. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then again, they went ahead to coming to enhancing uh, uh, resilience and, uh, and livelihood uh, you know, within our production systems, And, 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 and uh, uh, finally, uh, again committed to uh, principles of mutual accountability. So you will probably recall that. Uh, our governments have been accused uh, on several occasions of just making declarations mm. and not really uh, uh, putting together uh, systems that get them accountable and, uh, and, uh, and uh, in terms of uh, implementing those declarations so i think the theme of this year has been uh, provide some to a large extent the guiding principles of of how we advance uh, agricultural transformation yeah, yeah. in the continent, and more specifically, getting our government and partners to recommit to the existing uh, you know, targets uh, well, well, and, 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 and also making new commitments to advance investment well, in the let-
2: let me move on to Peter as I have a few minutes left. Uh, 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 Professor Ewang, in terms of uh, that uh, uh, theme itself, I know you are an expert in agriculture. Uh, how effective was it this year? Just in a minute or so before I wrap it up with this, yeah,
1: Look, I must say uh, the agency has done a magnificent job in them to putting back agriculture in the forefront of Africa's development. Mm. There are a series of programs that are in within within the, the sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, a typical one is the rural futures, which is very, very strategic in transforming Africa's agriculture. The, 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 bringing, the bringing up to the forefront of, of women in agriculture. The, uh, two weeks ago, there was a strategic conference, which mm-hmm. was very, 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 uh, very, very good in that it brought in it yeah, brought back the importance of women's role in agriculture. Yes, yeah. you know? well, well so, let,
2: let's wrap it up in, in that way. Estherine, in terms of the relevance of NAPAD, uh, some people are questioning it. Uh, how relevant is NAPAD still for us as a continent, especially in our developmental process? We're still a very young continent when we look at other continents. How relevant is it? I'm giving you a minute to just give us that importance.
4: Well, NEPAD I think is extremely important. When it was created, the vision of the the, the heads of state was to collectively move um, together and for the transformation of the continent. And they identified strategic areas to which that growth and transformation has to take place: hmm. um, agriculture, infrastructure, education, environment, science and technology. All of these things are relevant. NEPAD. Uh, since it's creation that has put in place policy frameworks that have guided and bring back strategic thinking and planning to the continent, something that was eroded during the structural adjustment period. Mm. So now most African countries are back on the stage where they are thinking Mm -hmm. and doing evidence-based planning that inform their decisions in terms of policy, investment, and on the ground. So... Nepal has really brought that back into play. Nepal again show this process of a new way of doing policy design which is uh, which is um highlighted inclusive participation um as well as um to the peer review mechanism have contributed to the um democratic democratic intensiveness that we now find in our Member States. So we see civil society engaging you know in policy making processes and holding government into account to deliver on promises they have made in terms of programs mm-hmm. that will drive development in the continent.
2: Well, we have to let it go there, but uh, we want to really uh, have a partnership as Channel Africa with uh, NAPAD, so hopefully we'll create those partnerships between us and NAPED to make sure that all these things that are happening on a regular basis, we stay in touch with NAPAD. But I want to thank Estherine Fotabong, who's the Director of Program Implementation and Coordination Directorate at NAPAD. She had a busy schedule, but when I spoke to her, she said, I will make time for you, so I really appreciate that. I also want to thank Komla Bisi, who's yeah. CADAP's advisor in That's Rural really Infrastructure, Trade and Market Access at African yeah. Union. I also want to thank uh, Professor Peter Ewang, who is the Agriculture Extension Economist. Thank you all for joining us here and giving us those insights. Thank you. Well, inviting us. thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Now it's time for us uh, to move on. Let's get our economics update.
3: Good morning. Nigerian telecoms authorities have reduced by more than a third the $5.2 billion fine imposed on South Africa's mobile phone operator MTN for failing to cut off unregistered users. MTN has been in talks with high-ranking officials from the NCC since late October in a bid to reduce the fine. Nigeria, MTN's biggest market, has been pushing all telecom operators to verify the identity of their subscribers on concerns that unregistered SIM cards were being used for criminal activity in a country facing an insurgency. MTN, which has also made senior management changes following the resignation of its Nigerian uh, chief executive, says it will urgently engage with the Nigerian authorities before responding formally to the NCC decision to reduce the fines. South African President Jacob Zuma says the implementation of identified investment projects can unlock the country's economic potential. He was speaking after holding bilateral talks with his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping.
5: We agree that more could and should be done to increase our trade and investment figures. South Africa has just hosted an inward-buying mission From China. We wish to invite more inward buying missions to South Africa.
3: Uganda and the United Arab Emirates are devising means of addressing the trade imbalance that exists uh, between the two countries while announcing the United Arab Emirates Uganda Trade and Investment Conference in Kampala last week. State Minister for Privatization, Aston Kajara, said the conference will address the trade imbalance between Uganda and the UAE. This a delegation of 35 United business United people, people from the UAE sense. is in Uganda on a campaign to increase UAE's investments in the country. Ghanaian Finance Minister Seth Takpa has once again debunked a Senior Economist uh, Mohamadou Baumia's assertion that government intends laying off workers after the 2016 elections. Baumia claims that government plans delaying the exercise for political expediency as elections beckon in 2016. Reports say this is not uh, the first time that uh, Baumia had made such comments. Old mutual investment group says South African companies exposed to, to commodities and their domestic economy are likely to perform poorly in the short to medium term. The group's economic outlook shows that investors with some offshore equities will do well. Tepo Mungwai reports.
4: The domestic economic landscape will remain challenging for many local businesses in coming months. Old Mutual Investment Group is funding some offshore investment. That's with both the global and domestic factors seemingly conspiring against the local economy outlook.
3: Financial indicators now, the US dollar trading at 1439, South African rands at uh, 10.69, Botswana Pula and at uh, 10.30 against the Zambian Kwacha. Also trading at 0.66 to the British pound and 0.94 against the euro. On to commodities, gold $1,055. Platinum is at $834, but at $3.56 per barrel. And that's your Economics News.
5: Thanks for joining us and a very warm welcome from the sports desk. Let's start with the news that just came in in South Africa, where the South Africa Supreme Court of Appeals in Bloemfontein has found disgraced Olympic and Paralympian gold medalist Oscar Pistorius guilty of murder. This could send him back to jail for at least 15 years for killing his girlfriend, Riva Stenkamp, on Valentine's Day 2013. ANC Women's League, who supported Riva's mother from day one of the trial, were over the moon about the latest developments.
3: If you receive less than 15
5: years, we will be disappointed. We will really be disappointed. I, the life so, of River Camp uh, was it, not a cheap life. But she's, she's a woman.
0: woman. And if you check the day which she passed on, it was Valentine's yeah. Day. She wanted to enjoy that day as well.
5: Now in rugby, South African springboard coach Hania Kamea has advised the South African rugby union Saru that he no longer wishes to be considered As a candidate to coach the Springboks, Mayor communicated his desire to stand aside to Saru following a recent meeting with Oregon Hoskins, with the Saru president and the CEO, Yuri Roo. Mayor said that he had decided to stand aside as a coach, a decision he considers to be the best interest of South African rugby following recent developments. Mayor coached the Springboks between 2012 and 2015. And in cricket, a freak dismal allowed dismissal allowed South Africa to break a threatening partnership between Virat Kohli and Ajankia Rahani and reassert their control over the game. That are slipping away because of a lack of depth in their bowling attack south africa is taking on India in new delhi in the fourth and final test series dan pete and kyle Abbott, two of ch- changes in south africa made for this test had bowled exceptionally well by taking wickets and maintaining pressure while Mone Mokel had operated with control that gave south africa an opening and they broke the door down at t india was 154 for six in football, South Africa national under-23 coach Owen Dagama insists that his men will go for maximum points in their crucial clash with Tunisia this Friday in the CAF under-23 Africa Cup of Nations. South Africa need only uh, uh, avoid defeat in ball to advance to the semi-finals of the competition along with Group A winners and host Senegal. However, Owen Dagama maintains that his side will not sit back against the North Africans at the Caroline Fire Stadium. The top three finishers at the event will qualify for the 2016 Olympics in rio de janeiro in brazil and former fifa vice president jack warner faced a barrage of questions from media as he left the extradition hearing in port of spain in trinidad and tobago on wednesday grilled on his role in a welcome bribery scandal that rocked the fifa soccer's global governing body earlier this year irritated warner simply told the reporter to ask his mom yes yes i have to hide something in uh, paris you about
3: it, I've said everything in Sunshine already. The fact said yeah. Letter from the US Senate is self-explanatory.
5: And I want somebody to tell me when I said there is not true. I just ask your mom. And finally, the IAAF president Sebastian Co has told Britain's Parliamentary Culture, Media and Sports Committee that he will make sweeping changes to the organization of the governing body of the world athletics asked by MPs about the IAAF's past conduct and the organization in fighting against opinion athletics. This is what Co had to say.
4: I'm happy to concede here. There are there were you know, was too much power vested in too few people within the organization, yes clear. And is that the case probably in the traditional structures across sport? Yes. Can those be changed? They have to be
5: and that's the end of our sport. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
2: Thank you for joining us, Africa. Until next week, God bless.